Miss Honey. Okay. I'm gonna post, I'm gonna post my new set. It's called Trash. <laughs> circuit parties in the middle of the pandemic are trash. trash. Who listened to it? The teddy bear? Trash. 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 <laughs> hello, hello, hi, hi, how are ya? Oh my goodness. Welcome back to the Hardcore Honest Tea Podcast with me, your host, Logan Slaughter. Also known as Logan Hardcore when I'm up in the giggery of it all. What a week. What a week. Um, Since we've last been here, she finally made her way back to the stage. Oh my god, thank you, you guys sit down you guys and I want to just give a big shout out to everyone um that is a podcast listener and even those that aren't that showed up um there was we were at full capacity we were turning people away at the door um and just like Jess and Nikki and Corinne and the um Holly and Amy just the girls that traveled in and people that like made sure to get reservations and Scotty McPherson and Meg, Megan. It, uh, there's so many people I could name. Um, my heart was just so full of gratitude. Rob Russin took his only day off on Fire Island to come into the city to see me at a bar he works at. Like my, my heart was so full. Um, and I guess like I should give, hold on you guys. My headphones are all fucking wrapped up. Sorry. Um, so, like, let's get a little tea into it. So, I had been basically getting this ready for about six weeks. Um, I got my flyer a week before. We put the tickets out a week before. And we were sold out basically within four days. Um, and I'll touch upon that. There's this thing that girls like to do where they say that they're sold out when they're not. Which does nothing but deter people from showing up at your event. Because if you are sold out, why would I show up to be turned away at the door? Um, I don't like being sold out. I don't like performing for crowds that are that big. Playhouse is a huge room. And I felt it. And, you know, being back on stage sober... Um, I opened with Dancing with the Devil by Demi Lovato, which I will probably open with again tomorrow because I have a feeling tomorrow, well, tomorrow, Tuesday, is going to be um, a mixture of people that were unable to get tickets for the first week and people that are coming back from the first week. And, oh my God, this yawning has got to stop. Um... It's important for me to, it was, it was important for me in my opening show to open with this and for me to just acknowledge the elephant in the room. I'm very vocal about my sobriety. I have to be, um, for many reasons. One of them is I don't want people fucking with me in my sobriety. Don't send me a shot. Don't offer me drugs. 
So, like, let's get that on the table immediately. If I want to joke around about drugs, that's on me. But I don't need people fucking with me. Um, so I opened with that. Um, the stage, it just, it, my senses were overloaded, to be quite honest. Um, I had sensory overload. I was mentally overloaded. I forgot my USB with all of my music. I still, we're a week, almost a week later, I cannot find this USB. I have no idea where it is. Um, I forgot my USB. I only had nine nails. Anyone that knows me knows I love to have ten nails. I'll stop shows in the middle to find a nail. So, like, all of these things that usually would have sent me into a spiral, I just rolled with. Um, I came out on stage. I was very overwhelmed after the first number. Um, but, you know, we had a great time, and I just fell back into it. And I fell back in love with performing. And um, there was a moment towards the end, I would say probably with two or three songs left, where there was a um, probably minute, minute and a half standing ovation. Um, and it came after I walked around during one of the numbers, and a friend of mine, um, Alexander, looked at me and said, I'm just so proud of you. Um, and a few people had done that throughout the night, and I was trying not to get emotional, but I got back up on stage, and I was like, I have to just say, I'm so happy that everyone is so proud of me, but I'm so proud of myself. And I kind of like went on a little moment of this, and that sparked everyone to break into thunderous applause and stand up and chant, Logan, Logan, and... That's a moment that I will never forget. I got goosebumps. I started crying. Um, the love was so overwhelmingly felt um, through so many ways. The kind words, just showing up financially, paying $10 to see someone that you usually see for free. I mean, it was just, it was a really, it meant a lot to me. And I wanted to make sure that I touched upon that in this first episode back is to say thank you. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to um, work at Playhouse and do my shows. I will say Tuesday is going to be another like step in a different direction for me. I'm wearing a dress um, instead of a bodysuit or a cat suit or a pants suit. Um, I'm wearing a pretty long form-fitted dress and... You know, I'm, I can't, I hurt my wrist. Um, I have arthritis in both my knees. I have arthritis now, I believe, in both my wrists. I broke two bones in one wrist. Like, I just have to, like, make sure I'm not overdoing things um, and relying. You know, some of my favorite parts of last Tuesday was just talking shit and, like, comedy. And it was, everyone said my, they'd never heard me better on a microphone. And it was just overwhelming and it was great. Um... I want to talk a little bit about how the... I love to be like, my show was so great. That's my opinion! <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about the Drag Race machine. And the... Um, where we're at with it. Okay, so Drag Race Girls, and I'm just going to go back to, like, season six. Season six, seven, six for sure, girls were getting paid ten dollars to $15,000 a gig in a bar gig. Um, what happened is Bianca did a year of 
those bar type gigs and then she went into a one woman comedy show which was then which is now what is kind of the new norm is people touring with a show um and then you know as drag race got bigger and there were more and more girls um I think girls started demanding more and more and bars were unable to make it worth it. Um, like, we weren't bringing girls to Fire Island anymore. Uh, there's many reasons for that. Getting them there, transportation, putting them up, the riders, girl, it's too much. Um, so then when pandemic happened, the girls of 12 really had to quickly pivot and move to online and I think some of them did really well and some of them didn't. But I think this also gave the girls that knew they were on 13 the chance to prep whatever they needed to do virtually. And sadly, I don't think that a lot of them did. And I think there's um, a lot of entitlement. How dare you! With some of these girls and um, some really, really over done egos I said what I said and I I don't want to say too much I'm going to talk more about this on my Patreon um, probably the $20 tier uh, because there's personal stories that go into this but you know I'm going to say this the girls that have been on Drag Race that are now working at bars in New York City doing shows for $200, that shows you where Drag Race now gets girls. And these girls are well-known Drag Race girls. They're not like the pits. They're girls that did well and are going on to all-stars and things like that. So it's, you know, it's one of those things for me when people are like, aren't you sad you've never done Drag Race? No, I'm not. Um, and I don't, I, I have no... I don't audition because I think we're at... Hold on. TJ is in need of help. Um, my husband, like, really hurt his knee. <laughs> um, I think Drag Race is in a completely different place where it was. And... I don't think the opportunities are the same. And I think that there's some girls that went on this show not ever expecting that they might not be well-received. And not even thinking that there's a chance that they wouldn't be a fan favorite. And Yuha Hamasaki has more followers than some of you guys. And... The egos need to be deflated. And one thing that remained very consistent with things that Bianca told me when she got on was like, always treat your home bars the same. And um, I'm not saying that girls shouldn't work for $200. If I got on Drag Race, I would work at Playhouse for what I get paid. I would work at Stonewall for what I get paid. Like, those are my home bars. Hardware. The Ice Palace. Cherries. Like, these are my places that made Logan hardcore. The thing is, on top of those, I would be working elsewhere. And we're at a point where girls aren't working elsewhere. 
and things are opening up and we're going to see what happens, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I think the drag race machine is really pivoting and changing and I think you know, it's not as special as it once was. It's not a unique thing to be a drag race girl. I think now it's kind of like every girl will get their turn. So what makes you so special now? If you're not in the top four, I think you kind of shit out of luck. And to be quite honest, some of the top four is still shit out of luck. I want to also talk about Colton Underwood, the gay bachelor. He reveals he hooked up with men prior to The Bachelor, was blackmailed with explicit photos. So Colton Underwood was on The Bachelorette and um, was a virgin. He was notoriously a virgin and then went off the show. He had some scandal where he was stalking the girl from the show and, like, she put a restraining order and shit like that out on him, and then he ended up coming out as gay. Now it's being released that the 29-year-old reality star came out last month in an interview and is now giving a more in-depth look at his past. I'll say this, I was the quote-unquote virgin bachelor, but I did experiment with men prior to being on The Bachelorette. When I say hookups, not sex, I want to make that very clear that I did not have sex with a man prior to The Bachelorette. He also reveals that he joined Grindr under an alias in 2016 or 2017. He confirmed he's no longer on the app and he's single. I call bullshit on this entire thing. You have had a dick in your ass. You've done oral sex. Um, and you've probably fucked someone else. I do not believe that you're not on Grindr. I do not believe that you're not on any hookup site. About his hookups with men, he said, I remember feeling guilty. Like, what am I doing? It's my first time letting myself go there, so much so that I was like, I need the bachelorette in my life so I can be straight. Colton also reveals he was black blackmailed at one point after his breakup with Cassie. I'll just say it. I, at one point during my rock bottom and spiral, was getting blackmailed. Nobody knows I was blackmailed. While he was living in Los Angeles, he secretly visited a spa known for catering to gay clientele. Shortly thereafter, he received an anonymous email, which has been reviewed by Variety for someone claiming to have taken his nude photos at the venue. Colton said he visited the spa just to look and should never have been there. The email threatened to out him to the press. Then Colton forwarded the email to his publicist, who did not know he was gay, and said, I knew that out of anyone in my world, my publicist wasn't going to ruin me. Um, let's see. This is a lot to unpack. So if you were in a spa just to check it out, you wouldn't be nude. You'd have like a le something on your penis or something. And the fact that someone was able to snap a photo... Oh my God. Able to snap a photo of you is... I mean, I've never been to these places. Not a spa, Miss Mama. I've been many places. But it's never been a spa. I said what I said. Um... But for someone to have had such access to get photos of you, something's not adding up here. Um, and, you know, your publicist isn't going to ruin you. Your publicist controls you. So I think this whole thing just feels off to me. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hope the show for Netflix gets canceled because it just sounds like it's going to be a fucking shitstorm of a nightmare. And I don't know if I'm really in the mood for it. Um, Ellen DeGeneres has canceled her show 
uh, her talk show. She's going to end it in the 19th season, which I have to say, it's, I don't know, it's convenient that your show was... They redid the contract in 16 for three more years, which brings you to 19. I do believe that there was thought that she was going to end. I do believe that the show's been going down for a while. I, um, I think that there's no way in hell that she could have continued this show after the year of bad publicity that she's had. And... It's just, it's kind of sad because, like, I loved The Ellen Show, um, but to hear all of the horrible things you hear about the workplace there, it's kind of just hard. I've, I haven't gone back and watched it since all of those accusations because I just can't bring it to myself to do, um, you know... I, I can't, knowing that that's there. And, you know, a talk show that I do watch and has its problematic moments is the Wendy Williams show. Um, Wendy's had many problematic moments. I do not believe that Wendy Williams is homophobic. I believe that her husband was homophobic, and I believe that he really made it hard for her to have many gay people in her life and that she would say things. I don't believe Wendy's homophobic. I know people on Wendy's team. I know people that work on the show. And there's nothing but love from Wendy for the gay community. Um, talk about someone that switched their, like, publicity very quickly because she was not having a good look for her show for a very long time. And um, I think she's doing better than she ever has on the show. I think the show's probably, it looks and feels the best that it ever had. And I'm really, I'm excited and happy to see that for my friends that work on the show and also just for her. And I think we still have a good probably four to six years left of the Wendy show. I think that talk show time, like, might be, it's not what it used to be. It's not the Oprah's um, anymore. Uh, the talk, you know, who needs it? We don't, I don't, I think we're at a point where there's going to be a new medium, and I do believe the podcasting and virtual things are. I do want to um, congratulate Laverne Cox for getting the spot um, for Ease Red Carpets. It's really phenomenal that we're going to have a black trans woman um, in a head hosting position for the awards season. Uh, I think this is just a phenomenal story. Laverne has such a beautiful story to me of starting where she started and where she is now. I remember working with Laverne at Lucky Chang's and she would walk around with pasties on her titties giving lap dances. And now she is the head host for... She's filling Juliana Rancic's position, which I think is just incredible. Um, I have not looked to see if there have been any new reviews of this podcast. Let's see. Oh, God, this is always a fucking nightmare. It makes me sick. We're still at 4.5. Oh, now we have a 2. Star. Well, we're getting a lot more ones. 
funny and real. This podcast is truly exceptional. Logan knows how to make you burst with laughter and choke up in the next second. Do your favor and subscribe. Thank you, Cooper's Cooper Strep. Logan keeps 100 and makes me chuckle with laughter in the process. Love her brutal honesty and hilarious jokes. Thank you, ex Seth. That's my opinion. I said what I said. One of my favorite podcasts. Thank you, The Joshua. One of my favorite podcasts, the tea is piping hot and fresh off the stove. If you can't handle it, stick to top water. Thank you. You know, and like that's the thing. A lot of people that leave one-star reviews do not leave um, a comment. And that's okay. I don't need it. Um, I will say I'm not where I wanted to be with reviews. So if you guys can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, it does help. Um, I have 122 ratings. I would like to get at least to 150 by the end of the month. So can we get 28 ratings, please? Five stars. Tell your friends. Speaking of telling your friends, girls. <laughs> it is almost pride. It is almost June. So I think that this is the perfect time to get you some gay pride apparel. Let's, you know what? Let's go to gayprideapparel.com and see what's... Gay Pride Apparel has just, like, redone their whole branding, which I think is phenomenal. So I'm just going to read some of their new stuff, which I'm in love with. Gay and Tired is one of my favorites. Vaxxed and Queer is one of my favorites. Um, what is so phenomenal about them is that they are able to, like, they do things down by, like, to bisexuality and lesbian. Like, it's not just one, you know, there's Zodiac. There's, you know, it's just really, really great. It's lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, intersex, asexual, pansexual, non-binary, allies, and plus. I think that that is phenomenal. There's hats that say queer love is queer joy. Like, there's just beautiful things. Um, and Jesus and Sergio really have, um, I hope it's not Jesus, could you imagine, um, have done such a wonderful job with this entire platform, and I'm hoping to have them on this month. I just do want to let you know that you can use code HONESTEA, H-O-N-E-S-T-E-A, for 20% off any purchase on GayPrideApparel.com. You guys, they have shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, crops, tank tops. They have hats, beanies, tote bags, phone cases, mugs, posters, blankets, towels, flags, stuff for kids. Like, there's so many great things. They have flags. It's beautiful. You guys... It is also a gay, gay Pride Apparel is a first generation Mexican and LGBTQ plus owned brand focused on empowerment, pride, and authenticity for year round pride. They make high quality products for all identities. They have been trusted with over 15,000 orders in two short years of being around and are proud of every single order. In the past, they've partnered with HBO, Rhode Island Pride, Queens Pride, Brita Filter from Drag Race, and Drag Out the Vote. Also, I'm going to have them on this podcast before the end of the month, and I am going to drop the news that we're going to be doing merch with them. So. <laughs> Surprise, girls! So I suggest getting on over there and getting you some Pride gear right in time for Miss Pride, honey. I am looking at these gay and tired shirts and I am about to order myself one and I'm also about to order myself a vaxxed and gay 
shirt. So I am truly going to be putting it in order when I finish recording this week's episode. And I just want to, um, you know, remind everyone, and I, th- I this is... Like, this podcast is my opinion. Like, I say whatever the fuck I want to. I've said this before. There are no edits. I do not listen. I don't go back. It's one take, and I send it, and I upload it. Um, I say what I say, and a lot of times, you know, it could have been said in a more poised way or well thought out. I'm never trying to hurt anyone by anything I say um, in these podcasts. Um, or even online. I never meant to hurt Tina Burner's feelings. I was saying shit that everyone else was saying. She just heard it because it came from me. Um, I said I was talking to Bianca about this um, just this weekend. Uh, Tina was on her way to her house and she's like, how are you guys? And I said, if I saw Tina in a bar tomorrow, I'd walk up to her. I think her issue, the issue's on her. Like, she's holding the issue, not me. And I still stand with that. Um... At the end of the day, this podcast is a platform for me to come to and babble whatever I want to and talk about what I want to. And and it's also to have a good time and giggle and make people laugh and throw shade and talk shit. Like, that's who I am. You were the quote-unquote mean girls on Drag Race, but now because someone's being mean to you, you can't fucking take it? Go suck a dick. I said what I said. See, there we go. That probably wasn't the most poised thing I've ever said, but it's how I feel. With all of that, um, you know, we're getting ready to move. I'm still working on huge projects with Simplify. It's just a lot going on and very lucky to stay sober and humble. Um, So I, again, cannot thank all of you that came out to Hardcore Tuesdays enough it was such an incredible night that I will truly never forget. And it's so amazing that I was able to take in every feeling um, and enjoy it and process it and revel in it and be humbled. Um, I'm wishing all my girlfriends that started out on this island this um, weekend, Brenda, Androgyny, Sinclair, uh, Victoria Falls, I'm wishing you girls all the best. Boudoir and Kimmy and the rest of the assassins down at Cherries, you know my love for you. I want to be an honorary assassin. Logan Hardcore Assassin. Meow! Um, I will have some dates for Fire Island that I'll be announcing um, coming up, so just hold on to your knickers. And with that, you guys, I hope you have a beautiful week. Stay blessed. Wear a mask if you want to. New York is still saying we're staying on the same guidelines, so you have to, bitch, and deal with it. And if you're in the bar and at my show, wear a fucking mask or I'm gonna come off the stage and beat your ass up. Alright? How about that? See you later. Rotted. Gutted. That's basic. Tired.